Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Your Mortgage Process. I, of course, am your host, Greg Wareham. I have a wonderful guest today, a great friend of mine, Mr. Spencer Friedman. Woo! Well, thanks for coming today, Spencer. Thanks for having me, Greg. Oh, it's my or pleasure. Gerg. Anytime I can spend time with you. <laughs> so we were talking earlier on the air, Spencer was showing me a name in Facebook, and the gentleman's name was spelled backwards on his Facebook. So we've decided we're going to all switch our names around. I I'm go by, you're, you're I'm Gerg, Gerg. And I'm Recknep's Cram Namdeer. That's my entire <laughs> name. Uh, I like how you rehearsed it. You yeah, know. I do know. Yeah, I've known that a long time. So Spencer, <laughs> thanks for joining us today. Uh, those of you that do not know Mr. Friedman, he's a very <clears> successful <throat> real estate agent. He's been in the industry since 2018. I remember when Spencer had started, you're actually one of the first videos I ever did with anybody was with you, Spencer. That was one of the best videos of all time. It was live. We rehearsed it many times because I we were just talking about I didn't know much about real estate at the time and you kind of coached me through it and it turned out to be the best video once we actually went live we got like 2200 views on it and every year when it comes up on my facebook memories i message you and i say look here it is and unfortunately i feel like it's been all downhill ever since then because i've never had as many views as <laughs> my second month in real estate for, oh, it was a great video the ago. hazmat suits that's another conversation yeah, we're gonna yeah. wear hazmat suits in the second one the <laughs> But uh, just a little background on Spencer. Again, he's been in the industry since 2018. And when did you come in in 2018? Towards the end of that year? <clears throat> it was, uh, I passed my test, the state test on January 31st. And then the next week I interviewed with a few brokerages okay. and uh, I signed up like the first week in February. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I know by 2019, you had closed $8 million in volume. Yeah. Uh, 2020, 10 million, 2021, yep. 13 and a half million. Yes, sir. And all I know is I see a lot of closings in social media with you. What do you think you're on pace for this year, Spencer? That's a good question. I've got about 8 million. Well, we got an accepted offer here. I've got about 9 million closed so far this year or under contract. So, sure. you know, uh, I, I, I should definitely beat last year. My goal is to hit platinum, which would be 20 million plus. I'm mm -hmm. definitely on pace for it. Um, but I do sense a little bit of a slowdown recently. So. Tell us a little bit about your journey, because I know you were in a line of work prior to coming into real estate. How'd you end up doing this? <laughs> it's funny. So, right, the company I worked for before I got into real estate, I was with them 11 years. It was an e-commerce company. They closed down. Uh, we knew they were struggling. They gave me one week of severance. This was in October of 17. Mm -hmm. They are 11 years yet, one week of severance. Like, okay, now what do I do, right? So, of course, I'm the main breadwinner at home. So I had to do some side hustles. Uh, I was Uber driving and Lyft driving, and uh, I was driving for my friends, like limo service essentially, but not using a limo. I was using my own car, just running, doing airport rides and sure. stuff like that, make some extra cash on the side. I was working for my gym at the time, and I started um, applying at jobs. I'm like, ah, oh, I got to start applying again. I've been here 11 years. I felt like I really worked my way up, and like the the CEO there knew how valuable I was, I felt like. Sure. And to start over with some new company, it was like, I felt like I was gonna have to, cause I don't have the, the, the college, I don't have the resume. Like I don't, I have the work history, sure. but I don't have the college degree, you know, and what a lot of companies are looking for. And I hate interviewing. I really hate it. Well, and then all of a sudden you feel like you got to reprove yourself to exactly. a new group Exactly. And I'm like, I know what I'm capable of. And honestly, that's what sort of led me to real estate, as uh -huh. funny as that may sound. I said, I, a friend of mine says, well, you know, you've always been in sales your whole life and customer service. Why don't you look into getting into real estate? And mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I've thought about that before, but I never really gave it much thought. Then I realized I don't have to interview with anybody. In fact, I get to interview the companies, right? Every brokerage sure. wants you to sign on with them. Uh -huh. So that was like a, actually a big reason why I got into real <laughs> estate. So I didn't have to go through the whole interview process. And because uh, that was just really scary to me. Yeah. So now I have to think when you look at the years that you've had in the past few years, mm -hmm. the one you're gearing up for this year, I have to think from an income standpoint that mm -hmm. it's been super beneficial for you to go from the e-commerce job to real estate. Oh, my God. They say one door closes, another door yeah. opens. So as successful as I thought I was at that company, I probably like hit the ceiling. There wasn't much 
more room to grow there. Sure. And if they didn't close down, I'd still be there to this day, no mm-hmm. doubt, because it was comfortable for me. I was good at it, mm-hmm. and it paid what I thought was decent. Right. And then I came into real estate, and it's tough going early on. The first year is really tough, and the first couple of years until you start getting some sort of steadiness, some sort of steady income. And now mm-hmm. I'm making. Uh, like last year, I tripled what I would make in one year. How does that there. change your life when you start making that kind of money? It changes my life drastically and for the better. You know, right. we, we bought a home last year. Uh, I didn't think I was – I had been renting for the previous 10 years. Um, I didn't think I was ever going to be able – I hear people buying a home. Like, how do they come up with money to put down? Like, on what I was making, it wasn't possible, right. you know, with all my other bills and stuff like that. And it certainly wasn't possible to save that money and be paying the rent that we were paying, you know. And finally, it's like, oh, if you, well, if you make a whole lot more money, it's actually all of a sudden becomes possible. Right. So the best part about moving last year and how it changed my life is that um, we have great neighbors. And like my son, I just have the one son, Sebastian. Sebastian. Yep, yep, he's 10 and I remember when he was younger, he would always say, you know, Dad, we want, I want a brother or I want a sister or something like that. And we never had any more children, right? But our neighbor next door, um, they have a 10 and 11-year-old boy. And right. so Sebastian's 10. So they play literally every day. Like when I left the house before, they're outside playing basketball. They get on the bus together. They get off the bus together. They have sleepovers all the time. That's fantastic. So it's like it just made his life so much better. He's so much more proud of where he lives, not the small little apartment that we were in. You know what I right. mean? It's just sure. a better life for him. So for me, that makes it all worth it. Oh, that's know? fantastic. It's yeah. a great story. And yeah. how do you – so time-wise, I mean, how much time do you have to invest into having the success that you're having? Yeah. Well, early on, especially, you really got to um, you got to hustle. Right. You know, that song every day I'm hustling, you know, <laughs> I know. it's true, <laughs> right. you know, and uh, early on, people don't just, you know, they hear you get a real estate license and like everyone congratulates you, but they don't hire you. Right. Because like, I think if I'm in their shoes, like if someone if I'm looking to sell my house today and I'm not a real estate agent, I'm looking for a realtor and my friend just got his license, am I going to hire him? Probably not. I don't know that I'm going to feel comfortable giving somebody, you know, an opportunity to sell a home that's never done it before. It's a big investment. It's a big investment. So early on, it was really tough because I would see people posting on Facebook, oh, I just bought a home. I just closed it. You know, I just sold my home. And I would get so upset because I'm like, why wouldn't they use me? And now I think I realize why they weren't. They just, I hadn't proved myself yet sure and so early on what i realized is if i want to be successful in this business i gotta go out and hunt for it right and so i i learned the i learned some scripts and i started back when there were a lot of expired homes right people that have listed their home didn't sell after six months comes off the market i would buy these lists and basically call them and uh that's how I started to kind of prove myself. So I would cold call. I'd come into the office 8 a.m. between 8 and 10 a.m., mm-hmm. uh, call for a couple hours. I, I sign up for a dialer. So in two hours, you can get your 20 real estate conversations in a day, make a couple hundred calls in two hours with a dialer. And uh, I would start getting listings, and I'd close those, and I'd start posting those on social media. And then I feel like that gave some validity and legitimacy to what I was actually doing, and people realized, hey, this guy can – actually sell a house and then it's the the referrals kind of sure. started so then you have to have the the discipline yeah in the scheduling to be able to focus on whatever lead avenue you're going after yeah and then what do you kind of formulize in your head hey here's my system right i'm going to call this is going to be my post i'm going to make sure that i do it all the time yeah exactly so i would do it pretty much five days a week monday to friday right uh you know the the goal each day i remember i had a little check pad and uh, you, the goal was to have 20 real estate conversations, you know, not just make 20 phone calls. It could take a couple hundred calls to get 20 real estate conversations because mm-hmm. it was about one out of every 10 would pick up. And I would have ALC checked off. A was appointments. That's what you wanted. If you got right. an appointment a day, you're great. L was leads. So somebody who maybe, you know, they had a decent conversation, but they weren't quite ready to meet yet. And then C was just contacts. So we had to get 20 contacts and then you had your leads. Did and, you have a coach holding you accountable? Yeah, I did. So I hired a coach early on and it wasn't so much to like teach me how to use the MLS or 
do like the silly little things. It was more so like teach me real life, like help me when I'm in these real life jams, right? right. I'm selling a home and we find out the basement walls bulging in. Like, what the heck do I do now? You right. know? Um, so it was for that. And then of course the accountability helped as well. We had certain numbers to hit and things like that. Now was your target market expired listings for sale by owners book of business. Like when you sat down on day one, I got to plan this whole thing out. Right. Yeah. What's my target market? Yeah. I didn't know at first. Everyone kind of told me it seemed that, um, calling the people I know that are in my phone book, in my contacts, that was who to go after first. So that's what I did. I called everybody in my phone and uh, just said, hey, you know, it's Spencer. Just letting you know I got my real estate license. If you happen to know anybody that's looking to buy, sell, or invest, would you please, please think of me? And most of my friends were super receptive, and they were like, dude, this is like the perfect career for you. Um, so happy for you, whatever. And sure enough, one of those calls a few weeks later my friend calls me. She says, you know, Christina, Rob's brother, she's looking to buy a new home. And I'm like, oh, wow. Hey, this actually works. Right. <laughs> and so I remember I went um, and she also happened to have a, a, a house to sell. So she had a condo to sell and she was like, she could buy without selling. So it was even greater. It made my first experience sure. a little bit easier. And uh, it's funny so that was in 2018, and then they are recently started looking to upgrade now. So now the nice thing is you're starting to get some past, like, repeat clients, you know, that are looking to upsize or whatever the case may be. But that's how that's how it started. It was everyone in my phone, and then when, like, the phone wasn't ringing and people weren't waiting at the door saying, come list my home, that's when I went to Expires. Expires was Got really, it. like, my bread and butter. I didn't like Fizbo's. Fizbo's are easy to get appointments with because – if you tell them you have a buyer, they're like, yeah, sure, come see the house. But that doesn't mean they're going to list with you necessarily. Sure. Um, and they're a pain. So I really liked expireds. Expireds are people that have already shown a willingness to sign with a realtor. Sure. Right? So they obviously believe in the process that it's going to work. And I don't know. It just seemed to click for me. And that's fantastic, Spencer. And we know yeah. how hard it is. I mean, for you to go from zero to where you're at now, and I know it's yeah. a four-year time frame. Uh, most people can't make that happen. So I hope yeah. if there are people out there listening right now, they're new to the industry, listen to Spencer. Yeah. And I'm sure he's someone to be more than happy to help you. you yeah, absolutely. Well. Anytime anyone has any questions, I'm more than happy to help. Absolutely. So I want to shift gears a little bit into this market. We know how competitive it is and it's a seller's market. You know, how do you, I see so many transactions that you're doing currently how do you get offers accepted when there's 30 offers out there? The long and short of it is that you have to have a proper buyer's consultation okay. with with whoever's looking to buy the home. You can't, you know, some I, I, a lot of agents will just meet somebody at the house for the first time and, you know, show them the house or whatever. That's not, I mean, maybe it works for some people, but I find what works best is, you, you meet them, you do a, we used to have the buyer consultation, everyone would come to the office, mm -hmm. right? And I would meet them in the office after they got home from work, it'd be at 7 p.m. at night. Now that everyone knows about Zoom and how easy it is, we just do it on Zoom. You know, they're probably right. getting paid while they're working to do it on Zoom with me, right? <laughs> perfect. So it's perfect for them. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have to stay in the office till eight o'clock at Plus, night. Plus, I think people <laughs> like to do business during business hours. Yeah. There's just like, yeah, yeah like, like when you get home at seven, eight o'clock, like you're tired. Like right. I know I am. Like, yeah, I just want to like relax. Yeah. So um, we do it on Zoom and it's funny, like. Two years ago, before the pandemic started, let's say, we would um, talk about, okay, what's what kind of home are you looking for, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it was more about the home that they're looking for and what they liked in other homes that they've lived in in the past that they sort of want to replicate or what haven't they had that they do want. And sure. now we talk about that stuff for about 10 or 15 minutes, but the next 45 minutes to an hour is all about educating them on how do we win an offer? Because honestly, that's, that's really all that matters. When we go and see a property and there's 25 offers on it and I'm asking them to, hey, we have to go like $75,000 above asking price. And if it doesn't appraise, you got to come out of pocket that $75,000. And by the way, we're going to like waive inspections basically, you know, right. we're still going to have an inspection, but we're going to tell them we're going to limit it. If I haven't had that consultation previously that explains it, then they're going to be like, what? I'm not doing that. Right. So you're just going to need be, another agent. Yeah, I need yeah. another agent. And then yeah. when they don't win the property, they're going to say it, it's the agent's fault. They're going to blame you. 
So it's sort of like two-sided because one, they're educated and now they know that, hey, if we want to buy a house in $500,000 range, well, we really shouldn't look at homes above four fifty, right? Because a four fifty home in today's market is easily five hundred, if right. not more, five and a quarter. So, also when they, if they lose out an opportunity, because we've gone through, you know, what it takes to get an offer accepted. If they lose out, they know it's not my fault. Because what I do is I show them, hey, you're looking at a five hundred thousand dollar price point. Here's the last home I listed for $500,000 and you'll see it went for 575. There were 23 offers on it and I go right. through a, exactly what like the spreadsheet. I put all the offers on a spreadsheet. When I go and present the offers to a seller, mm -hmm. they're on a spreadsheet. So we look at price, we look at down payment, we look at terms, we look at who their lender is. Is it somebody that we know that's going to get the job done? Right. How much money are they putting down? Do they have a house to sell? And so I go through this and I show them this is what the sellers are going to look at. So now they have an idea what it looks like from the other side of the table, right? What is the, what's so attractive to the seller? We have to see what's going to make our our offer as attractive as possible. What's going to make the the seller think we're going to be such a breeze to work with? They're not going to have any issues whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And they start to realize that obviously number 1 it's price. And then unfortunately, a lot of times the second thing they look at is down payment. So if they have a good down payment, great, it's going to help. But if they have, if they're putting three and a half percent down, you have to tell them straight up right then and there. You can't be afraid to say, listen, you're putting three and a half percent down. Look at what all these people are putting down. Right. 5%, 20%, 50% cash, right? Sure. And so again, it's like when you go and put an offer in and you're only putting three and a half percent down, they know already that they probably have no chance of getting it. I had clients that closed recently or they were an FHA buyer. Um I introduced them to you, right? Andrew, you, you spoke with them yeah, a while back. I remember. And, uh, nice people. Yeah. And they were like, by the time our consultation was over, it was like, uh, we have no chance. They were laughing. They're like, we have no chance of getting an offer accepted because they're like, we have no money to put down, right? They can barely cover the closing costs and everything. So it's almost like explaining to them really what it actually takes, but also like the reality of it is that they're going up against people that are coming in with a lot more money down. So they're at a disadvantage. Right. You know, it's so a couple of things that I really picked up on that, that I think are absolute nuggets. It's one doing the zoom call. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you can see everyone can see each other. Yeah. And then number two, you know, you're spending an hour with this buyer up front, trying to explain what's going on in the market, right. how aggressive that you need to be and going through all those details up front. So when the time comes, they're best positioned mentally and yeah. financially to win the offer. And it also helps you. It's going to save you a lot of time because right. now you're seeing less homes because they're making better, more qualified offers. So you have a better chance of winning right up. Would you rather show five homes and get an offer accepted or would you rather, you know, lose five offers and then maybe get one accepted? Sure. You know? So it saves a lot of time. That hour saves can save weeks, if not months. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, when you look at it, now you've done the consultation with someone who's looking to buy, offer goes in. How important is it for you to have relationships on the other side of it with the seller's agent? It's so important, you know. So whenever these networking events come up, you mm -hmm. know, I know you guys had one here recently. Um, I don't remember seeing you at that, by the way. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> Nick, could you put them on the list, please? <laughs> you know why? Because I'm, I, so that was... Was it March 31st or something it like was. that? It was. So I know the oh. date because I wanted to go. It was in my calendar. Uh -huh. But I'm doing this clean eating thing right now. Okay. And I have to keep myself out of situations where I'm going to have alcohol or, or bad food on my non-treat meal days. All right. And so... I, unfortunately, it was a casualty of me trying to eat better because if well, I'm around I, it, I can't stop. Yeah. Well, yeah, you li I appreciate the explanation. No, Thank that's you. really we why. missed you though. You're so charismatic, Trust and everybody me. likes you. I saw. <laughs> they do. Yeah, I appreciate you, Greg. I really wanted to come, but I, I that's that's what happened. Well, so. you missed. No, thank you. Um, I'll come to the next one. That's please. <laughs> I'll put it. We got to pick the right day. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. We're, going, we're setting it up for cheat day. We're <laughs> in. That's so funny. So, um, so on the seller side, yeah, right, you put the offer in. Yeah. So it's really important to have great relationships with agents. It's sure. so important that every deal. So it's one thing to get the offer accepted, right? Mm -hmm. And get it under contract. Now you have to like be a rock star and follow up and make sure that deal closes very smoothly. I never 
want a listing agent to be chasing me. When's the inspection? When's the more? Where's the mortgage commitment? When's the, how's the appraisal going? Right. I want to keep them apprised to what's going on the entire transaction, right? So I have a spreadsheet, actually. I call it my whiteboard. I call it the whiteboard because like you have a whiteboard right here. And like a lot of agents <clears throat> put all their deals on here, right. but then they get erased. So I have a spreadsheet. I call it the whiteboard and it's everything saved. It's Do great. you label it the whiteboard? It's called the file? whiteboard. Okay, it's literally called the whiteboard. My assistant actually every more, well, uh, three, three days a week, we get on the phone around 830 AM and we go over every transaction, what needs to happen next and what, what have you. But we go through, there's about 53 points on my whiteboard, and it hits everything. Huh. It's like, uh, I'm just trying to think, okay, here's the status. Here's the attorney review concluded date. Here's the closing date. Um, what's the status with you know homeowner's insurance? When's the inspection? When's the appraisal? Is the fire and the smoke done? Even if I'm on the buy side, right? How many times have sellers... Uh, seller agents forgotten to schedule a CO inspection. So it's- I have one right now. Right. And it screws up the closing and it screws up the experience for the buyer, especially if they have a contingency or if they have movers set up. So it's it's all about setting your buyer up, like no one up to fail, right? And we all get busy and we forget to do things, but that's going to make my job so much harder if I didn't just follow up with the listing agent to make sure that the CO is scheduled because I'm going to have conversations. I'm going to have pissed off buyers and who knows, they may blame it on me. So it's all about having this great experience throughout. So it's a smooth transaction. So they refer more business to me for the client, but also so that it's a smooth transaction with the listing agent, because there's a good chance that I'm going to work with that listing agent again. And they're going to remember Spencer was an absolute pleasure to work with. And maybe it'll give me a, you know, um, a better shot at getting our offer accepted. It It, matters. It hundred percent matters. Right. Yeah, it really does. So, you know, just a point I want to pick up on with that is okay, we have the whiteboard spreadsheet. You yeah. have it systemized. It's systemized. It's a system. And that's how you go from eight to 10 to 13 and a half to 20 million from a production standpoint. You have to have something scalable that's in a systematic form. It's so true. Like a month ago, I'm down to like seven under contract right now, but a month ago I had 13 under contract at one point And someone was like, how do you balance? How do you keep track? Because you can't, you cannot keep track of everything unless you have some sort of a system in place. Sure. And uh, so I just, I we look at it every single day and I know where we're at, what needs to happen next. I make little notes on what we need to follow up on. And uh, yeah, I, I could do 30, you know, and, sure. and, and be on top of everything at any given point. It's all about a good system. It's true. So now you have the offer accepted, deals done, everything goes great. Everyone loves you because you're customer service oriented first. Yeah, number one. And so how do you go about getting referral business? Yeah, so, um, you know, kind of what I mentioned in the beginning, I wasn't getting any referral business. So I went out and got my own business. And then I would post about it on social media. Social media is unbelievable. I'm sure, you know, most people know that by now. It's free. You can pay for ads. I, I don't. But um, so I always post about my closings, you know. Right. Um, I Now I'll even post about offers accepted under, under contract, whatever the case may be. And uh, it's amazing because perception is, you know, somebody's reality. So they see you posting all this stuff. They're like, wow, you're really busy. And people start to get a comfort level with you. But what I started to do a couple years ago... Uh, in the beginning of 2020 was um, I started doing Facebook live videos, mm-hmm. right? And I was doing... We, I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, we did ours yeah. in 2018. We did a few, actually, you yep. and I. And then um, I took some time off or whatever. And then in 2020, we came out with this series. It was called Just the Tip Tuesday. Yep. You know, Just the Tip. And it said Just the Tip, just for a minute. And uh, we would talk about... A, a random real estate tip and it would be like a three to four minute video it would go on live and what i loved about facebook live was i learned that it goes to everybody's notifications like the little notification on facebook and it stays there for 24 hours so mm. it's not like just posting a video you already made and it just sits there it actually goes in everybody's video uh notifications saying hey spencer friedman was live do you want to put every put your top of mind that's fantastic so if you have a thousand friends 1500 friends 2000 friends they're all getting that notification right and if you start to do it every week you start you know they're they're expecting it and so i would do a little tip it would be like how do we get more offers accepted or what is a you know what are some good tips for an inspection whatever the case may be and uh, then I brought my son on, Sebastian. He was eight at the time, and uh, he would be the finisher. He would always tell a joke. And so it was funny because, like, if there, after I did 55 of these, so I did them for about a year straight. 
And are uh, you still doing those? I I haven't done them in a while. I honestly ran out of ideas of what to talk about. And oh, we got to talk, Spencer. I, I know people are like, just regurgitate, just do what you've done before. People won't remember. And I feel like it's not authentic. You know? I got it. Yeah. So I, I, I haven't done that. I got to think about something. So it's great to be here doing this again, you know, sort of. But uh, it's funny, like when Sebastian wouldn't be on the videos sometimes, he was in school or whatever the case may be, you uh -huh. know, they'd be like, boo, everyone was upset because <laughs> they just wanted to see Sebastian. So we learned to put Sebastian at the end of the video right. so that they would listen to what I had to say and then Sebastian would tell his joke. And that was fun mm -hmm. because it was good bonding for us. We'd always look up funny jokes, what, what sure. would be our joke that week and stuff like that. So it was a good time. It was fun. It was lighthearted. And, you know, yeah. it, it was great. I've seen a bunch information. of them. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed that. So people started seeing that they see like i actually kind of know maybe know what i'm talking about at least it appears like i maybe i know a little bit of something what i'm talking about and honestly the referrals just started pouring in i mean like people just started calling me texting me even to this day i mean uh, once twice a week someone reaches out to me so and so is looking to buy a home so and so is looking to sell a home can you help my friend can you help my dad can you help whoever and uh so i stopped I, I didn't like cold calling. I did in the beginning because I had to and I needed sure. to get paid. So it was exciting because I could it would lead to a paycheck. But after a while, it wears on you a little bit. You know, it's not it's not fun. And um, this is fun, though. Now I get to work with a lot of people that I know and love because you, when you work with people that you know and that, that know you and trust you, it's a completely different experience versus somebody who's cold. Yeah, I would think know? it's a lot more gratification out of that. There is. And it's an extension of your relationship already. Yeah, it really is. It like That's deepens great. our relationship. We yeah. learn so much more about each other. And well, now you've been in their bedroom when they buy the house. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> I didn't think about that. It's very funny. It's very funny. So, yeah. Uh, I remember when I was looking at a complete sidebar about bedrooms. When I was looking for a house down in this area, yeah, uh, my real estate agent and I go into the room, and in the room is a heart-shaped bed. Ooh. Velour heart-shaped bed. Very nice. Yeah, so we, of course, bought the house. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. We moved on. But <laughs> anyway, I digress. That's fantastic. All right, so we had just the tip Tuesday. Live is a great tip for everyone to go live. Yeah. But I think it's also important if you're going to go live, you got to have something to say. You do. And you've got to know what you're talking about so right. you don't sound unsure because confidence really does come through. Sure. And... You know, but the best part is, as I, like they see your actual self, like just be yourself. Don't try to be this person or that person or whoever. Just be yourself. And uh, like, you know, enough people will like you and like some people won't like me. And I'm sure a lot of people don't watch the videos. And they're like, oh, here's another one. But enough people have seen it and have enjoyed it. And uh, it, you know, it's certainly working out in my favor. That's fantastic. Yeah. So what else do you do to try to drive that referral business? So what else I do to drive referral business is um, Thanksgiving. I do the pies. Yep. So it's a great time, um, like about a week or two before Thanksgiving. It's It gives me an excuse to call my past clients or people that have bought or sold in the past year. And mm -hmm. I say, you know, hey, Greg, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. I just want to know, want you to know how thankful I am for you and for buying with me and hiring me to be your agent. Um, I would love to bring a pie by for Thanksgiving. I have, you know, apple, cherry, blueberry, or pumpkin. What do you prefer? What would you choose? I'd probably go cherry. Cherry? Nice. Yeah. That's actually the least ordered one is cherry. Interesting. I'm so, so unique. Obviously, it's like pumpkin and apple are number one. And then I, I think cherry. blueberry and then cherry is like the least amount. It's kind ordered. of an unusual one. I like cherry. I like the tartness with the sweetness. Nice. Yeah. I, no, I love cherry. I actually did a pie eating contest one year. It was 1997. Okay. And I was much bigger than the kid that was doing my friend Harris. And uh, I was like, I'm going to smoke this guy. Like, I, <laughs> I can eat so much more. But pie eating contest is not about like how much you can eat, how fast you can eat. Right. And I He killed me. He absolutely crushed There's me. There's a it system. Was, you don't know what kind of pie it is, though, yeah. when you go into it? It was cherry pie because it's covered in like whipped cream. Okay. It happened to be. And it was the first time in my life I ever ate cherry pie because I never liked cherry pie. Now I will eat it. All right. I didn't like it but you know what? It really is. A, there's a system for doing it. Like you look at the hot dog eating people. Yeah. Oh, they're usually know. very, very lean. Oh, my God. But they have a system. I saw a, uh, an x-ray once of their stomach after and it's like all compartmentalized <laughs> like a game of Tetris. They can actually like. Are you serious? I like, swear. Oh yeah. Oh, 
my I God, couldn't believe it. The Joey no. Chestnut, that guy. Yeah. Right? Now I don't know if it just has ironic that it goes into particular order, but I mean, That's, this is filled up with like a hundred hot dogs or whatever it was. I like hot dogs, but dipping them in water or they do it in the the bun <laughs> in the fruit punch or something—it's <laughs> right. disgusting. I'm it's sorry. Hilarious. And I love to eat, but that is whew, That's pretty nasty. I mean, it's a skill. Yeah, it's a skill. <laughs> it is a skill. You're right. So wait, back to the yeah. the pies, yeah. right? Oh, so then you would tell me cherry, and then I would say, uh, Greg, would you like a lattice or a crumb top? Ooh, I would go with crumb top. So you would go crumb cherry. So I'll keep Definitely. that in mind come Thanksgiving. You know, lattice is pretty good, but something about that crumb topping yeah. is very appealing to and me. And the pie is much heavier when you do the crumb, because I deliver them, and I know mm-hmm. that they're... There, it's much heavier with the crumb on it. So I like a little bit of crunch in my pie. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. It is nice. So I ask you what you want, what kind yep. of pie you like. Cherry I ask pie with thing. crumbs. So now we know cherry pie with crumbs. And then I, I figure out my route or whatever. And over like three or four days, I deliver the pies to people. And I leave a little, I write a little note, say thank you or whatever. And they appreciate that. And it's a great time to remind them that you're their real estate agent because they're probably going to have dinner with family, right? They're going to be meeting with family and someone inevitably is going to talk about, Hey, I'm looking to buy, I'm looking to sell. And then, Hey, you're top of mind. So you know what? And along those lines too, when you look at the consumer Mm -hmm. as a general rule of thumb, 89% of people are going to work with a real estate agent, right? But it's a very small percentage that actually work with their original real estate agent. Now when they're polled, I think something like 90% of people would work with that agent, but they're not staying in front of them. You have to stay in front of them. So we also do like a monthly drip or a monthly email campaign. And, uh, it's just something I think about like, what what did we do? Our email this past month was like what uh, it was like more like a poll. What what would you tell a first time home buyer? Like if you were buying a home again for the first time, right? You know what would you tell somebody? And what are we doing this month? I know what I would tell them. What would you tell them? I'd say don't spend all your money. Yeah, like keep enough money. You're better off borrowing sure. more money. Yeah. And having your payment higher and having money in your account. You're absolutely right. I remember the first house that I bought in two thousand and one. Right. Within like a week, the oil. The boiler. We had a boiler. It was baseboard yep, heat. Yep. It like blew up. And those are really expensive. Super right? expensive. Yeah. Huh, yeah. Yeah. Money. Yeah. <laughs> I just bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> I broke. I gave you my three and a half percent FHA deal. <laughs> it's so funny. But, so that's a good one. And it's true. Yeah. It's true. Like uh, I hear people say that all the time. Like don't, you know, you don't have to do every room in the house. Like live in it for a little while. Yeah and figure out how you're going to actually live in it and then you know buy stuff as Yeah, it's not know. a race, it's a journey. It's like a enjoy journey. the process of what you're doing. I think in in general with referral business for you and the, some of the different things you you do, one of the things that always have stood out with me mm-hmm. about you Spencer yeah. is you mean it. Yeah. You know, authentic. you're very yeah. authentic and very genuine. You really care about the people that you're working with and it does come through. I do. Like I had a final item closing this morning. Uh, Nabil and Sally and like I'm looking forward to writing a post tonight about yeah. their closing and they've been in you know they just left their home of 37 years a house that they built and uh, they, they moved closer to be be closer to their church they've been driving all this way they've been driving from West Orange down to East Brunswick wow. for like the last 10 or 15 years they've been a member of the church and they're just like such good people. They were an agent referral, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just so excited for them. I'm genuinely happy for them. They said, you know, we're going to have you over. And usually we we do like a dinner or something like that, meet with the the buyers or whoever it is, you That's know, great. within a month or two, once they they get settled in. I love doing that. I love going to the people's homes and seeing it, having dinner with them. I bring my family over. Well, they invite me over. I don't just come by. <laughs> we're here. They usually invite me. Ah, oh, it's yeah. the Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you signed up for, you know? Um, no, but it's true. I really do That's care. Great. And you, you just reminded me, like, so I post this on Facebook, of course. I right. celebrate them. And uh, fortunately, Facebook does that, you know, on this date in past years. It, your memories come up. Right. And so then I do a story memory. I just, I don't do a whole post, but I post in my story and I tag them. I do it in Instagram and Facebook. Hey, Dana and Scott, can you believe it's been three years? You know what I mean? And they share it. So it puts it out and it reminds them, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm doing it because I actually care. But you're right. It does keep you in front of them. Um, You know, Dawn Ox. Of course. So Dawn, Dawn. You know, me and and, uh, her significant other have the same name. Greg. 
Greg. His name is Greg too. So 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 we used to share an office and you have next the same to same last name so, first initial. Yeah, Greg W. Greg Greg W. Both Greg W. Yeah. So we used to have offices next to each other Get in the West Monmouth location. Dawn was next to me. Yes, right. And one day Dawn is talking to someone about this date that she has going on with Greg. <laughs> and the person that I, I look at you to the person was listening to like, Greg? Dawn, <laughs> <laughs> I was just joking about it yesterday. Is everything okay with you and Rachel, Greg? <laughs> What's going on? Right. Like, not that Greg. Not, not Greg. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, Dawn's great. She Dawn, is fantastic. She's great people. I, it's funny. I actually, because she moved out of the West office. Office, right yeah and i actually sit in her seat in her old office so uh -huh. and she was one of my coaches actually for a little while but dawn had me on for her uh she calls it uh rise and shine or something yeah, sure. she has that yeah. you know every day and she had me on a couple of weeks ago and she said one of the things that i do that and i didn't even realize that like i do it i just do it because i like to celebrate people sure you get birthdays on facebook right and i always post pictures any picture, I take a lot of selfies, as you know. I take selfies with everybody. Yes, I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> I took one with you on our way up to the <laughs> office today. I can't help myself. I love to have them. And so, like, when your birthday rolls, when's your birthday? Uh, May 10th. Yeah. I don't see, I don't have to remember because Facebook reminds me. Uh -huh. so, Mine's not on Facebook. So, oh, it's no. But enough people will post yes. that Facebook will tell me it's essentially tell Good me point. it's your birthday. And that picture is going on Facebook. And she says, you know, you celebrate everyone's birthday. You always post your pictures with them. Right. And that kind of reminds them. So, I think one of the big things that actually works for me is like I peep this is sales in general, whether right. it's real estate or widgets or whatever it is you're selling. It's like people buy from you or sell with you or work with you because of how you make them feel and that right. they trust you. Sure. So I really think like that's the bottom line why why things like work for me. You just got it out of me. See, you are like yeah. Howard Stern. Howard Stern, watch I've been out. Practicing. I've been listening. You're good, bro. You're good. <laughs> bro. Spencer, awesome. We're gonna go to a quick break and then we're gonna be back in a couple of minutes with more Spencer Friedman. Hey, and more Thanks. Greg W. <laughs> So I'd like to thank today's sponsor, Sal's Gourmet Pizza and Pasta. I have to say, Sal offers some outstanding catering. All the pies are fully customizable. If you have someone in the family that has a food allergy or they're vegan, vegetarian, there's a wide array of vegan and vegetarian pies. I'd like to encourage everyone to order directly from Sal's and to support our local businesses. He does offer free delivery for orders over $15. No need to offer it out to a third party who's going to deliver the food and then charge our business owners. So please check out Sal's Gourmet Pizza and Pasta, Route 9 in Manalapin, New Jersey. Well, welcome back, everyone. Again, this is Greg Wareham with Your Mortgage Process, and our guest is Spencer Friedman. I want to talk about something really important. Do you like to wear the color pink? <laughs> we were having so an off-air conversation i do love to wear the color pink it goes very well with my rosy cheeks there's pictures of me on facebook where people make comments that i look like the tin man because my <laughs> cheeks are so rosy people that are my friends you know so they kid i guess a little bit something but, about the tin man's eyes i never quite trusted that's yeah, a whole other story i don't trust him but yeah i like pink and i just bought a purple shirt the other day and because i saw your purple shirt mm -hmm. and i was like well i just bought a purple shirt so i was going through my closet today and i was thinking what am i going to wear today i know spencer's going to be here and i was like yeah. i'm going to wear purple it is one of my favorite colors that's so funny i almost wore my pink shirt but it's at the dry cleaner and i didn't all right next time my way over next there, time so yeah you know, uh, like pastels yeah nice pastels. Look at them. <laughs> what's your favorite what's your favorite color my favorite color is blue navy blue navy blue yeah you have your favorite color on I today do. i wear a lot of navy blue yeah so i think i'm purple I remember yeah. when I first, uh, Rachel and I first started dating, I had this 1996 Oldsmobile Aurora. Ooh. And it was like a huge classic American car, big, super yeah. comfortable. The sunroof yep. was like the size of this desk. I had a sunroof. That's amazing. Yeah. And then Rachel used to make fun of me. It was the first car I ever bought that what didn't cost me $100. <laughs> it cost me a couple thousand dollars, a few thousand dollars for it. She used to make fun of me because she said, your car's purple. <laughs> it's like I wouldn't drive a purple car. It's smoke gray. Yeah. But the registration said plum. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. And look, you have a purple shirt. Big today. purple whip. That's what you say. That's awesome. How do you ensure longevity in this business? How do you ensure that's easy? It's oh. like literally just taking care of everybody. It's never about the transaction. Right. It's always about your clients and how you again how you make them feel how they feel about the process you never have like what they call commission breath it's always about what's right for the client the other day for example 
I had a client that put an offer in on a home. It was $950,000. We got it accepted. Right. And then they looked to see what the interest rate was the next day. And they're like, ooh. Ooh. Right. And they're, they have a, a smaller house to sell. And they're like, we just refied last year to like two and three quarters or whatever it is. How are we going to go to five and a half? Right. They couldn't quite get themselves past that. And they said, I'm sorry, Spencer. You worked so hard for us, but we have to back out. And I'm like, okay, wow. so that hurts me because like I'm not selling this almost million dollar house and I'm not selling their six hundred thousand dollar house that they were going to, you sure. know. But I said, you know what, Christina, you have to do what you know is right for you guys. And right. I don't worry about me. I'll be fine. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's like things like that. Oh, and I know they're gonna when the time is right, they're gonna buy and sell sure. with me again in the future. They bought and sold with me in the past. So um, it's always about what's doing right for the customer. If you see something that's wrong with the house, like now virtual showings are a bigger deal sure. uh, or, or more common, I should say. Um, and you got to point out all the good and the bad. You know, if you see something, you got to say something. And it's just always, always, always doing the right thing for the customer. Because if you want, it's, it's, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. I'm in this for the long term. This is my career. I want to be, you know, I don't ever want to have to go back to a regular job, quote mm -hmm. unquote. And uh, if I take care of my clients and they feel it, they're going to take care of me by yeah. referring business. It's mm -hmm. great, me. Spencer. Yeah. You know, it's funny along the lines of interest rates. I just did a presentation yesterday right. looking at interest rates from 1975 until today. Right. And I know it causes people a lot of pain that interest rates have essentially doubled over the past year. Right. But man, when you look at that 35 year, well, 45 year blend, 1981 was the highest rates were at 18%. And then from that point on, all they've done is go down. Gotcha. And even, you know, and I know we hit into the twos last year. Right. But even if you look at the rates being closer to 5%, even on a 15-year average, it's still significantly low. It's but historically it's, low. Yeah. I think people just have to get over the shock of it. They're yeah. used to hearing two and three, and this is like really new right now. And in a few right. months, I don't think that conversation is going to be happening anymore because people are just used to it. They just have to get used to the new normal. That's what I think. But things seem like they're stabilizing out a little bit. In you, the I mean, you know better than anybody. So, yeah, I mean, do you, how often do you watch? And do you look like do you have like a <laughs> monitor on your like, oh, interest rates they ticked up. Do you get like an alert on your iPhone? Uh, yeah, watch I'm or like something? an obsessive compulsive. Are you? Yeah. You, you've heard me speak in meetings. I know like you I'm, know your stuff like, better than anybody. But I'm like I'm obsessive about it you because are. I really want to understand what's going on at all times. So a couple of things that you do keep an eye on, like in my world. I'll look at the mortgage-backed securities market. Right. And then I'll look at the 10-year treasury bond yield. 10-year treasury bond yield's going down. Usually long-term interest rates are going down as well. And the mortgage-backed securities market, very similar. You know, I watch those two markets to get a good grip as to what's going on. You can tell because I've heard a lot of lenders speak. You know, lenders, you know, we're the perfect you know, target for lenders, right? A realtor. So a lot of people have, you know, I've met a lot over the years. And I'm telling you, Greg, like, you know your stuff better than anybody I've ever met. I, I mean, appreciate that. it's not just regurgitating what you like. You actually understand it. You can explain why something's happening. And, you know, in the deals we've done together and like seeing you work, whether it's on my side or the other side, like things always close on time and everyone's just well aware of what's going on, especially the clients yeah. and during the process. So you're amazing, dude. You really are. No, I appreciate that, Spencer. Yeah. I mean, we got more time. You can keep going. Keep if you going. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slip me a 20. I'll keep going. <laughs> so I get a question for you. I, I wanted to show this to you, too. When I think about oh. things, hey, hey, I you think got about it. Spencer Freeman. I did. I printed it out. Oh, I'm going to put it on my wall. Guy. <laughs> they made my teeth so white in that picture. I love it. Oh, you look fantastic. So, Spencer. How important do you think target marketing is? And when I say target marketing, like geography. So let me backtrack a little bit. So mm -hmm. in the beginning, when I first started in 2018, I didn't care where I went. Yes, of course. Did I want to work in Old Bridge and stay closer to where I am? Yeah, of course. Who doesn't want to? But in the beginning, it doesn't matter. I took list listings down in Williamstown, New Jersey, which was literally an hour and a half away from my house because I was calling expireds and somehow in a Williamstown listing got on my expired list and I took two two listings down there. Back then I needed the money. I didn't care. I would drive however long it took and I wanted the experience too. You know what I mean? I right. called her, I made the appointment and I went there and she signed. So 
as I get further into my career, get a little bit busier, what have you, I would refer that out now. And I try to primarily stay, yeah, like I would love to do all my business in Old Bridge, but that's just not realistic. Right. And I don't mind driving, and uh, but I do try to stay a little bit more local. And so I do a lot of business in Old Bridge. I live in Old Bridge. My son goes to school in Old Bridge. You know, uh, we have like, you know, in Facebook, there's all these, they have the Homedale residence page, but now sure. up in residence page, there's an Old Bridge, Old Bridge residence page. And if you want to go deep, not wide, right? Yeah. Focus on that area, become the trademark of that particular area. It's so funny you say that, go deep, not wide. You had Dino on the other day, Dino yeah. DeMauro on one yeah. of your past podcasts. And Dino always answers my calls whenever I call him. And, and, and last year I was saying, you know, I really got to get to a higher price point. Like it's the same amount of work to sell a $300,000 house as it is to sell a $700,000 house. Sure. Yet you get paid more than twice as much to sell the $700,000 sure. house, right? And I said, I really got to spread out, you know, maybe I got to spread out to Manalapan or, old, or, or or Freehold Township, you know, get into some higher price homes. I know those areas. And he says, listen, you can do that. But I re he really recommended the same thing. Go deep and not wide. <clears throat> Look at the higher price homes in Old Bridge. They're not all... $300,000 homes. There's plenty of neighborhoods that are in the five, six, seven hundred thousand, 700,000 or even more. So he said the same thing, go deep. You know, it's funny. Wide. I have a friend, I actually may have mentioned this on a previous podcast. I have a friend who's in Morris County, right. New Jersey, has his own uh, brokerage and he's in Jefferson, New Jersey. I've heard of, I feel like I've heard of it, but I have no and idea where so it is. So it's Jefferson, New Jersey and he must get every single listing in Jefferson. <laughs> there's times where he had like 80 listings. Wow. Like, how do you have 80 listings? And they're all in that surrounding area. Yeah. You know, just goes deep in that particular goes area. Goes deep in that. Yeah, that's that's what you got to do. And I, I, I know what I need. I need to actually start going a little yeah. bit deeper, advertising to my neighborhood, the neighborhood that we bought in and everything. Because sure. I do like working in Old Bridge. I know it better than any other town, you sure. know, and I can say my kids go to school here. And yep. I love it. Like when we were looking to buy, we were looking anywhere from, we were living in Old Bridge at the time. And we were looking anywhere from Freehold Township up to Old Bridge, like up and down the Route 9 corridor, because that's where I've grown up my whole life. Sure. And, yeah, I went to high school in Freehold and everything. And fortunately, we found the home that we absolutely loved in Old Bridge, because I, I just right. I just love it there. I really do. I like the people and everything. Yeah. What's your favorite part of your job? The favorite part of my yeah. job? What do you like the most? There's a lot I like about it, honestly. The favorite part about my job is when I get a text saying my offer has been accepted. I love to win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You like to win for your clients. I do. Yeah. I, and then I love to figure out how I'm going to break the news to them. So it's like it's like a two part thing. Uh -huh. I absolutely love that. You know, it's funny. I'll tell you my favorite. The favorite story of me breaking news to somebody was uh, it was a, a few weeks ago. We closed on a home. These people lived in Brooklyn. Right. And so we did a lot of virtual showings. Mm hmm. And I knew we got an offer accepted on the one home they actually came down to come see in Hazlitt. And I didn't tell them right away. I found out like a few hours before, but we already had another showing booked in Freehold, actually, in Wyndham. And I'm walking through the home, and I, I it would be like three or four videos because you can only send such long videos and iMessages, right? And I would I said at the very end, I said, eh, this house is good, but it, it probably isn't perfect for you because I knew what they were looking for. And I said, and by the way, it probably doesn't matter because your offer got accepted. It was like six uh. minutes into the video <laughs> when they finally got the message. And then I when I see my phone ring after they see it like an hour later, right. are you kidding me? You know, they were going nuts. They That's were so fantastic. happy. That was great. So that is one of my favorite parts is letting people or on the sell on the sales side when a home goes for so much more than they thought it would. Right. And, you know, it can really change people's lives. It can just make, you know, they can pay bills down or they can, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, sure. extra money helps all of us. So I, I really love that. And then closing day, like today, I love taking that picture in front of the house again, pictures. Right. I love taking the pictures of them in front of the house and then the selfie with me with them. And I love to celebrate them. So that's, those are the best parts. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Spencer. Yeah. What do you find the most challenging part? The most challenging part is getting clients, you right. know, uh, you can be so busy at one point and, and you're running around crazy and then you're, you, you're not maybe prospecting or reaching out to people as much as you, you should be. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, it's not like they're lined up at the door. You know, they're not lined up outside the office saying, again, come list my home. I want to buy my home. So that is a challenging part. You know, I'll be busy and I'll feel good. And then all of a sudden I'll feel like if I'm home one weekend, I'm like, I'm not out showing homes that weekend. And I'm like, oh, like it's nice to have that weekend home with the family. But at the same time, if it's like two weekends in a row, you're like, uh, you're always looking at your pipeline. You know what's coming in. You have bills to pay. We don't get a salary. Right. We right. only get paid on when we sell something. So the biggest challenge. That's Isn't it funny in this industry? You know, we talked about uh, go deep, not wide. Like for me, I almost exclusively just work with the real estate agents. Right. That's a business channel that I'm in. So to your point about being at home on the weekend. Right. Phone rings and it rings and it rings and it rings. And, you know, you're keeping up with everything. Yep. And then one day the phone didn't really ring much. And you're kind of <laughs> like, you're checking. Does the phone work? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Can you text me real quick? Just make sure my phone's working. Right? Can you call me? Spencer, are yeah. you there? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's scary. It, it's just funny. It's like the, the I maybe a little bit of the neurotic nature of salespeople as well, right? Yeah. They're always kind of running. And yes. you know, as much as that can burn you out, we also kind of live and thrive off of it. We do. When it stops, you're like, uh oh, something's wrong. Wait, no one's called it? me in an hour. Yeah. What am I gonna do? Yeah, it's a hundred percent right. It's still podcast. Right. <laughs> it's true. Think of like the yeah. beginning of the pandemic, like when the quarantine started in yes. that market. Great example. And the yeah. phone just didn't ring. Yeah. Nothing was happening. I was like, I'm gonna have to get a job. Nothing's happening. No one's gonna buy. And then of course the opposite ended up happening a few weeks later. And anyone that bought that month of March, I had a client that got like the sickest deal ever on an investment property because no one was buying. Everyone was, you know, like scared to do anything. And then, of course, it took off. But yeah, right. That was a scary time for sure. Like, oh, I hope my closing next week closes, actually. Right. So that is always scary. So getting clients are obviously difficult. Where do you see yourself in the next three years? Five years from a from a business standpoint, you see yourself growing into a big team. And I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but Spencer does all this business. You have an assistant, and that's it. Yes, it's you and your assistant. Yeah, doing all of this. I have a part time assistant. I really have two part time assistants. Um, one kind of helps me with with writing contracts, which is great because if I'm working with two buyers one day. I can go to a home. We know we want to write up an offer. I send it to her. And by the time I get home, it's already written up or I can go sure. on to the next client. Um, she has her license, of course. And uh, my other helps me. She's like a transaction coordinator for me. She helps calls towns, like a lot of tasks that just free up a lot of time for me. So sure. both part time, probably a total of when they were busy, maybe 15 hours a week combined, 15 to 20 hours total between the two of them. And when it's slow, it's like 10 hours, you know, even less sometimes. They both, um, it it works out great because they both get to work from home. They don't have to travel in and they have other stuff that they do on the side. So, and they enjoy it. So at least I think they enjoy it. So So, so where do you think you're going to grow this into? What's your plan? Yeah. So I tried the team thing briefly, like a couple years ago, and I made a bad hire as far as a buyer's agent. Mm -hmm. I hired a friend which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it wasn't the right fit. And uh, I was like, you know what? I just want to go back to being a single agent. But I do think about this quite often. I'm like, when I'm 20 years from now, let's go even further ahead. When I'm 60, do I really want to be schlepping people around to homes every single weekend? It can can burn you out. Sure. And I'm like, "Mm, really the long-term play here is probably to build a team. You see some of the most successful people in our industry, they have big teams. And so the business can kind of sort of run itself even mm-hmm. without you there. You can kind of step away somewhat. So I do think that's the long-term play. Do I think it's in three or five years? I don't know about that. Um, I really want to, I, I think I have so much more potential. I don't think I, I think I'm, I'm still growing, right? As you can look at my numbers. And I think Um, I need to, I can put a lot more effort in. I think I can do a lot better even uh, than I'm doing. I think I know I can do a lot better. Uh, and maybe it is bringing somebody on and trying to duplicate myself. Uh, it takes patience, right? It takes the patience to be able to do it. It's hard to find someone that does it just the way that you do and someone doing it, as long as everyone's on the same page about the customer experience and everything like that, that's most of the battle. It is. It's just like finding the right people. You can train anyone to do anything as long as they have the right attitude, like, you know, stuff that you can't teach people. Uh, I think if they have the right attitude, I think 
you know, that makes all the difference. It's funny, like two years ago when I hired that buyer's agent, I, I, I started to remember my old job before I got into real estate. And I, I ran a, a sales team and a customer service team for this e-commerce. It was a call center, an inbound call center. And we dealt with people calling out every single day and drama. Right. And I was like so happy to get away from that. Right. I was like, I go into real estate and it's, I just have to worry about myself and my clients. It's so easy. I don't have to worry about anyone else's BS. Simplified. Yeah. But now I'm back to the point where, uh, you know, maybe you do, if you do really want to grow and not have to... Oh run around every single day that that probably is the way to go sure what do you think the biggest opportunity will be in the in the market like who's going to be buying houses in the future who's going to be buying houses in the future um well maybe uh you know with interest rates coming up i wonder if home prices are going to come down at some point Probably stabilize or or stabilize maybe not as increase as much as they are uh Right now, um, I have a lot of people that are interested in buying, you know, like investment properties right Mm -hmm. now. I I hear a lot of that. Um, I know the first time home buyers, it's it's tougher now. Like it costs a lot more money to buy your first house than it did just a few years ago. Um, A lot of them on the sidelines. A lot of them are on the sidelines. A lot of first time home buyers have been outbid in the market yeah i wouldn't say priced out but outbid right because you generally aren't gonna have as large of a deposit to put down so yeah it just kind of works against them um i don't know what do you i'm curious to hear what are your thoughts who do you think is i think it's the first time home buyer market and i'll tell you why okay so when you look at the average age of someone buying a house last year it was like 48 years old that's old. wow you know where traditionally that number is going to be a lot younger right and the reality is it's the first time home buyer has been outbid in the marketplace. Definitely. Well, they still want to own a house. You figured the number would, statistically, when about 34 years old is the age that someone's going to buy a house. Right. And that's a huge population for us right now. So I think as things start to settle down a little bit, it's that first time home buyer is really going to stage a comeback. Yeah. And you're going to see people starting to get more flexible. Like right now, the expectation is that you're waiving appraisal. Yep. You're doing all these different things to obtain the deal. That won't last forever. Yeah, and I hope the first-time home buyers come back because, like, those are my favorite people to work with, honestly, and first-time home sellers for that matter, because they've not bought bought a home before. So right. you can provide so much value; they are more appreciative of the service that you can offer and all your knowledge and everything, and educating them on the process. Those are like my favorite sales because it's 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 an exciting time in someone's life. Yeah. Whereas someone who bought a home two or three times, they almost feel like they maybe don't need you and you know, you have to educate them, but the market's different from when you bought your house, you know, 20 years ago, sure. or 30 years ago. So sure. I, I I hope you're right. And I think you're right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You'll be coming back into the market. Yeah. Awesome. So Spencer, anything that you want to add? <laughs> you're looking nice today, Greg. Your hair is looking good. So remind <laughs> me, what product do you use in your hair? Uh, it's a J. Crew. J. Yeah. Crew. Oh, yep. is that that dark brown bottle? Yes. Yeah, I know which one it yep. is. Yeah. And I use I Firm Hold. So... Like a, a couple of years ago, I switched barbers. I, I said to him, Glenn, how do you, how come when I leave here, my hair looks amazing? You know, you make it look all, it like stands up and everything. You have to blow dry your hair first. I used to just put the product in the hair. Same. And, and just whatever, it sat however it sat. You have to like style it first, then you can put the, the and product And you got to use it. your fingertips with yes, the gel. Yes, yeah. Like, I put it on here and then, mm, yeah. I've learned this. Like, like the hair amazing. was never a high, that was never a hallmark <laughs> for me until a few years ago. Because yeah, I just take it, it and I slap it into my hair, the gel, and it looked like a helmet. <laughs> People call me helmet head. <laughs> that's so funny. So, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a funny story. I use, it's called... Muck, M-U-K or something. I is it a pomade or is yeah, it a Yeah, it's like okay. a pomade, but it's it's like a it's like a paste actually. Okay. But you it's in like a pomade type can and you just put it in your hand. Is it white? Yeah, it's clear. white okay. and then you this and then, you know, yeah, you're good. So, but That's I appreciate tremendous. your hair. Yeah. Likewise. <laughs> Spencer, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, join us. Awesome, it's man. been great to have you here. Likewise. It's so, been awesome. Yeah, fantastic. So, Spencer, if yeah. anybody needs anything, whether yeah. or not it's someone potentially looking looking to buy, sell, or another real estate agent, mm-hmm. I'm sure you'd be comfortable with someone reaching out to you. Sure, of course. Uh, would you mind giving your contact information? Sure. My cell phone is 732 685 
9987. And then you're going to like my email and pay attention real quick. My email is easy. Attention. It's spence at kw.com, S P E N C E at kw.com. You want to have a simple email in this business. You don't want to have spencer.m.friedman12735 at you know gmail.com or kw. Make it simple, make it easy. Now, I use the kw email, um, but you know. Spence at kw.com. I don't have to. Oh, what was it again? You know, what what, what <laughs> right, was it again? Right. It's just so simple and easy. Make it as easy as possible. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks again for joining us today, Spencer. Certainly appreciate you. It was great. Thanks, Greg. You are the man. And thanks, everybody, for listening out there. We appreciate it. <laughs> and yeah. we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye bye. That was awesome. Fun, that was right? Great. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Your Mortgage Process, hosted by Greg Wareham, produced by Greg Wareham and Nick Pavise at The Social Rift, and executively produced by The Social Rift. Thank you again for tuning in, and we look forward to catching up with you next week.